Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast. The Path 5 team is a dedicated group of professionals hailing from diverse backgrounds, all anchored in making the world a safer place. Thanks for joining us while we dive into today's topic. What is up, folks? It's your boy, Bro Neil, back at it again. First things first, I hope it's going on for you. I already know what's going on for me. Welcome to the Path 5 Podcast, folks. We're going to be talking about, well, a few things, but they all have a bit of a common topic here. And that's how definitions have been changing. And possibly how that's going to affect legality, how that affects our lives, and how it affects the way that the government does business. Um, But before we dive too deep into that, first things first, I want to thank some very special sponsors, some some folks that have contributed to this channel in the past and continue to do so. Um, Mission First Tactical being one of our favorites. Check them out for any AR accessories. I'm talking hand grips, stocks. Their tail hook stock is phenomenal. I haven't found anything on the market that even comes close to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, It's money. And phenomenal stuff like drinkware, too. They got tchotchkes. You know, they're all about the swag. And then our folks over at F5 Manufacturing, although I personally haven't gotten my hands on it, I have heard nothing but great things about what they're putting out for their braces, their mags, all these great scorpion things that you can get your hands on. And, and Solid. Yeah, really cool stuff. And we might be working uh, on a little something something for the people listening to this podcast right here in terms of these sponsors, but I definitely want to talk about locks. The man's got the lock on on hair products, you know. I haven't used any any of the beard stuff, but I can definitely say his hair products are phenomenal. And I got a lot of hair to be product, you know? Yeah, he's got quite the uh, operator flow, and sometimes you got to tame that stuff, you know? You got to get it back in line a little bit. Absolutely. And also, our affiliates, PSA, and also Aero Precision. Quick shout out to Aero Precision. They got a phenomenal set of early Black Friday deals going on right now. Dude, it's dangerous. Oh, it's so dangerous. They have an AR-10 set. You can get the upper and the lower and still be under, I think it was like $1,400. Uh, please don't. I please can't. Don't. I can't deal with don't that. Don't tell right me now. that. I know. I just... But you know what they always say? Credit card debt does not exist in the apocalypse. So let's send it out there, boys. I want to see some huge affiliate numbers this year. It's That's time right. to buy yourself a Christmas present, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and all you got to do is head over to our Instagram, path underscore five, and click the link in our bio. That's going to take you to uh, a bit of a link tree under the campsite uh, domain, and you'll find a list of links from there, and you'll be able to click that and be on your merry way, do get some, some good discounts, do a little shopping. A little shopping. A little shopping. So let's talk about it. Midas, where... <sighs> We're in an interesting time, you know, where we are. Once, once an individual or a group of individuals wants to change the way a word is interpreted, change a definition, sometimes even in the dictionaries that we hold so dear, like Merriam-Webster's, you know, just changing language can change a lot, not only in our daily lives, but in the way that transactions are, uh, are done, the way that... Uh, certain criminal cases can be prosecuted. So is yeah. there any uh, anyone that you want to touch on first? I know I'm sure you got a big list over there. Yeah, so we really wanted to do this podcast um, after 
just kind of taking a step back and, and looking at some of the things that Bruniel just mentioned and a lot has changed, you know, throughout the course of the last couple of years. And uh, I think a lot of people have said, oh, the last two years were absolutely terrible and oh my God and all this stuff. It's like really COVID, I don't know, just my assessment, taking a step back. Yeah. Well, it's not as horrible as people make it out to be uh, as we've discussed. And I, I think that a lot of the folks that really choose to align with that as like a critical conflict point in their life haven't actually experienced a lot of the uh, the same conflict that that we have. So we just have a different perspective. Oh, I could not agree. The early early days were phenomenal. My wife was working fifty percent. I was down about ten percent at work. We were running every day together, hiking. Doing also, yeah. we went to New York City in the height of COVID. You know what that's like? Zero traffic. I went from Zombieland. Boston, Massachusetts to New York City in an hour and 40 minutes. Nice. That's crazy, dude. No one do the math. I was moving, all right? No one do the math on that. Statue <laughs> yeah, of limitations exactly. is over, okay? I don't need yeah, to exactly. hear State Police. Bunch of yeah. O'Neill and I had a similar childhood hero in the form of Alex Roy, if that tells you anything. Google. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, so anyhow, so the thing is, is that throughout history, when cultures, countries, governments have changed the definition of things, basically to downplay what they're trying to accomplish, it results in some pretty heinous stuff. Yeah. I mean, if we look at a fictional tale, if we look at George Orwell's 1984, I mean, the predominance of that book was based on changing definitions and interpretations of language and how pervasive yeah. it is. Yeah. Not 100%. to say that's what's going on here, but you know, we can call it foreshadowing. We can call it whatever we want, but um, definitely uh, an interesting distinction to make. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen it all around the world, um, unfortunately. <laughs> so a couple of key areas I want to I wanna talk about just to clue in our listeners here as to our agenda. I want to talk about the definition of firearm and different accessories and, and how that has developed and evolved over the last, last couple of years, especially. Uh, we're going to touch on Russia and Vladimir Putin's definition of of what it is to be a Russian um, with regards to the recent conscription mandate. We're going to talk about the Biden administration's definition of recession. And we're also going to talk about the definition of vaccine. Uh, and that definition has spanned two very different administrations. And, and we have a, a really key point to that. Uh, with the announcement that former President Donald Trump would like to run again, um, we do want to we do want to touch on that just on an objective ground, right? We're not we're not trying to get too political here. We respect the fact that you guys all have your own opinions, and uh, and we think that's awesome. Um, you know, at the end of the day. It, it takes a certain level of, uh, we'll call it healthy paranoia to be able to cut through the smoke and see what's going on. And, 
just myself looking back, it took me quite a while to develop that. Uh, I, I went through a lot of different formative processes and at the end of the day, you just hit a point where you've seen enough to know enough. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. I'm not saying you haven't seen a bunch of stuff or you haven't experienced life. Totally get it. I'm sure that you have, but that's all relative. And you don't even know until one day you cross that threshold and you're like, oh shit, things are not quite what they seem. And that's what we're here to talk about today. It's a little more philosophical discussion. So I'm super glad to have you guys here because this is going to be fun. Just me and Bro Neil. Yeah, we're going to talk with you. Have a little conversation. Maybe we'll yeah. agree on some things. Maybe we'll disagree. But a little we'll, drinky poo. A little know? drinky poo. We'll chat it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which, so uh, what do you want to dive into? Well, you know, Bro Neil, you are an incredible resource when it comes to anything firearm. Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're, you're very, very in touch with the ATF, with some of their verbiage, things that they have put out, um, their letters. Yeah. Um, of which they have many, of which they have many. Letters. Yeah, yeah. 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 Quite a few. So, so I, I did, you know, do a little research uh, before this podcast and I, I did look at um, the definition of firearm. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, right? Which is, it's interesting because it's not a great source for information, right? I think a lot of people shy away from it, but it's a diverse source. So you tend to get like a little bit of everything. And, and their definition is that a firearm is any type of gun designed to be readily carried and used by an individual. The term is legally defined further in different countries. Oh, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so what do you have to say about that? I want, I want to touch real quick and I want to dive down a rabbit hole on this, but I do want to say that the definition of firearm is different, not only between countries, but between States. A perfect example of this is a state called Massachusetts mm-hmm. where the definition of firearm includes language similar to, and I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. Right. Um, it contains language similar to it needs to be readily able to, or needs to be in a configuration, which would allow it to fire a projectile by means of controlled explosion or, or whatever the language that it uses. But what that means is technically speaking in the state of Massachusetts, if you have a frame, and again, I'm not a lawyer and a slide and barrel, as long as those two are not together, then technically you don't have a firearm. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. What that what that helps people do is if you work a job with a gun and you want to go get a beer with a friend, well, there's no legal definition of intoxicated with a firearm. So if a cop thinks that you are, they can arrest you for it. So what you do is you take the slide and you take the frame and you remove them from each other. So that way you are no longer in the possession of a firearm under Massachusetts law. So then you can go uh-huh. have a beer with your friend after work. Right. That's the thinking. So it's it's interesting to see how much the language can dictate that one law and then subsequent laws just in the microcosm of Massachusetts, right? So now I'd like to take a look at the way that 
the ATF is trying to define frame a receiver. Now, most of this, I believe, stems from a gentleman who had what he called build parties, where he would take 80% lowers, people would buy them from him, non-firearms, then they would make them all in his shop under his supervision. But he was not the one actually operating the equipment, so he wasn't making the firearms. So, of course, this goes to court. They catch him. It goes to court. And the story that I've heard is that a former ATF agent testified on the defendant's behalf and said that an AR-15 does not meet the federal definition of a firearm. Wow. Now, the reason for that being is that there was some some language that kind of pushed towards having a threaded portion or having a reciprocating mass or, or something along those lines where the, where the barrel inserted into, I think was a term that was used into so the receiver that doesn't meet the definition of what we know to be the serialized portion, which is the lower of an AR 15. Um, so again, the story is uh, this guy got off because they couldn't prove that they were firearms at all. Um, because there were federal <laughs> charges and they were going off the federal definition. So, wow. Yeah. It's again, language has a lot of weight. Um, that's why law is so interesting. And that's why loopholes are even more interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. They, they absolutely are. And, and then when you take a step back and you look at our friends across the pond in Europe, uh, some of the definitions of a firearm component and what must be serialized come down to pressure bearing components. Yeah. The pressure bearing components. So that's, you know, on a pistol, that would be the slide and the barrel, um, on a rifle, that would be the barrel, the BCG, the upper control, like, like everything, everything could technically be a pressure bearing part at that point. Right. Yeah, exactly. Even your, um, your charging handle, yeah, uh, your Exhibits. buffer tubes, your spray, yeah. they, yeah. they all feel the effects of pressure, so they have to bear it in some capacity. Um, right. So Yeah, and that's that's a little scary, you know, and, oh, and the reason why we're, we're bringing it up is, and, and the reason why we're, we're talking about this particular definition first is because no matter what other definitions change, if this one changes, so definition of firearm that requires registration um yeah, online because, registration <laughs> yeah if you don't think that that there's a registry i'm sorry but you haven't been paying attention um they changed the 4473 so that way your name is on the first page with the the weapon serial number um which that was not the way it was probably about four years ago now uh and they masked it under adding non-binary as a gender choice. Yeah. And they said, yeah, it, we're changing it. So uh, non-binary is a, a choice now. You all have to use the new 4473, you know, revision 2019. Yeah. So masking it under a, a new definition of gender, um, yeah. despite biology and chromosomes, doing. you know, they were able to slip this in there. So yeah. our point is, is, just They're sneaky. They're yeah, sneaky and, and we're it. we're losing ground. Yeah, we. When I say we, I mean the American people. Whether you own a gun or not, even if you 
are a diehard liberal. It's time to firmly understand that dangerous things are in motion. And they they may be playing in your your benefit right now, right? You may be like, yeah, it was great. Trump got banned from Twitter, insurrection this, insurrection that, America's safer. But we're actually not. And by the way, he got his Twitter back today. Um, So at the end of the day, this is a, a classic slippery slope type of situation where even if you feel strongly about something and you think AR-15s are evil and you think they're weapons of evil and, and destruction, um, sometimes that destruction is incredibly necessary. And that's why we have a military. And that's why Ukraine handed them out to their citizens when they came under attack, and which is precisely why we cannot have that same logistical problem. Uh, when it comes time for us to defend ourselves, because in case you haven't noticed, Americans have a huge target on our back, uh, largely due to past transgressions by our, our government. Um, but it's also just being top dog. You end up with a target on your back. So there will come a day where someone will come knocking. And at the end of the day, We've got to understand that as Americans, we still require a certain level of readiness and proficiency in order to handle that situation. And that that's not just over the next 20 years, right? That needs to be generational. It needs to be passed down. And unfortunately, the changing of definitions is seeking to directly inhibit that. And it's it's doing so not under the actual condition of enforcing safety. Because guess what? Weapons serial numbers don't fucking matter. They're not tied to ballistics. Exactly. Police can't find a round on a crime scene and tie it to, oh, so-and-so bought this weapon and it was registered, blah, blah, blah. Like that's well, called that's a class California characteristic. Yeah, California right. wants to believe that, oh, we can do this thing called micro-stamping where the the firing pin is going to micro stamp a serial number onto the casing of the round. Not to mention in a court of law, all you'd have to do is say, Oh, I went shooting at such and such public range. Not long before this incident, someone could have picked up my shells, you know, reasonable doubt. Yeah. Which they need to prove beyond. So, (laughs) um, but to, I want to dive into this, um, <clears throat> the final rule on the uh, definition of frame or receiver and identification of firearms yeah. regulatory change that the ATF pushed through. And I think took effect in September of this year. Um, it's very vague. And as I've said before, when looking at legal things, it's supposed to be, be vague. They want a lot of gray areas to operate in, especially the ATF. They seem to really love doing that. Um, but one thing that I wanted to talk about is this the summary of the proposed rulemaking back in the day, right back probably about a year before this actually went into effect. The first bullet point is it addresses technological advancements in judicial de- developments since the regulatory definitions were originally set forth in 1968 and 1971. 
oh, okay, wow, these are super old, right? Like 68, 71, these are, you know, 50 years old. Of course we should update. Well, what's interesting is this definition change specifically targets AR pattern rifles. And by that I mean, you know, your M&P 15, 223s, I mean, Daniel Defense, you know, Sons of Liberty Gunworks, Aero Precision, all these big companies that are making AR pattern rifles. This is what it is trying to target, right? But they say, oh, these antiquated, you know, definitions that we have are from 50 years ago. You know what else was made 50 years ago? The Armalite 15 by Eugene Stoner and his homies. So these regulations and, and these definitions were put in place when this already existed. So it's, it's weird to see them kind of call back and say, oh, it must be updated because, oh, it's so antiquated what we have. It's like, well, the weapon system that you're targeting with this is of the same vintage. So wouldn't that be equally antiquated? I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but if you go into the actual text of this document on the Federal Register, um, the ATF's application of the definitions to split frames and receivers. So they go in to say that, you know, the definitions of frame or receiver do not expressly capture these types of firearms, i.e. split receivers or, or, sorry, split frames or receivers that now constitute the majority of firearms in the United States. Okay, that's true. Because um, that is the most predominant weapon system in the United States, um, for rifles at least. And again, that will go into DC v. Heller of 2008, where they use the common use standard. Um, but I'm going to try and stay on topic here. Um, what's, what's very interesting is that they specifically call out things like the Colt 1911, the FN FAL, and the AR-15 M16. That's the language that they use. And they say, all of which were originally manufactured almost exclusively for military use. Okay. Okay. So they're trying to change definitions of these firearms that were yeah. almost exclusively manufactured for military use. Interesting because the Colt 1911 is the fuddiest gun that everyone wants to be able to keep because, oh, two world wars. And then the AR-15 was originally a civilian rifle that went to military trials and I believe failed the first time. So Eugene and his homies had to come back again and get it the second time around. But they also include, you know, the nomenclature of M16, which was yeah. never civilian. So it's, again, it's the ATF bending, bending words in order to convey the image that they want you to see and, you know, have the people fear the fact that these M16s are just all over the street. And I can tell you right now, you can get an M16 in, I think, like 47 states, because there are some states that outlaw machine guns in one way or another. Um, right. And they're about 40K. So if you want to do 40K worth of money and about a year <laughs> of wait time for the ATF to get your paperwork back because they move slower than the IRS, then yeah, sure, you can get an M16, but there's probably only like five or 6,000 in circulation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and by the way, uh, anytime they use the word almost, I'm like, uh, -uh. yeah, yeah. It's, it's an obvious stretch at that point, but the, yeah. the meat and potatoes of this law was their definitions of privately made firearms. And 
yeah. it wasn't so much that they wanted to redefine firearm because they didn't even do that. The Again, it's so vague that AR-15 barely even fits into the new definition of firearm that they're proposing. But what they really wanted to do was take a stab at these privately made firearms. So <clears throat> they say that, you know, over 40,000 have been used in crime scenes. And it's like, well, depends on what the crime scene is, right? You know, but yep. um, they're using terminology, um, firearm to clarify when a firearms parts kit is considered to be a firearm. And we saw that recently with a gentleman from the U.S. Navy who got wrapped up in a whole bunch of fun stuff from the ATF. And yeah, he did. I think he should be able to nullify that jury because they did not look at any legal definitions because he actually didn't break any laws. Um, yep. So exactly. The definition of a frame or receiver includes a partially complete, disassembled, or non-functional frame or receiver that has reached a stage in manufacture where it may be readily, or sorry, it may be quickly and easily, quote unquote, readily be made to function as a frame or receiver and expressly excludes a block of metal, liquid polymers and other raw materials or a frame or receiver that has been destroyed. So as long as you cut a frame or receiver in three places using an acetylene torch, then it's considered destroyed and you can sell that as a parts kit. Currently. Interesting. A block of metal. So it's nice that they put that in there. If you go buy 6160 or you know, pick your favorite aircraft grade aluminum, whatever. You go buy some aluminum stock and you mill it down on your home mill. That's a-okay to do. And liquid polymers, which is weird because liquid polymers aren't really used in 3D printing. Um, right. I mean, they are. There's SLA 3D printing, which uses a laser or like a, a DLP projector, basically. Mm -hmm. um, anywho, <laughs> liquid polymers, they threw it in there. But the issue is in the term readily because this we used to use this standard of 80% where if it was 80% completed but certain things like the trigger pocket or fire control pocket have not been milled out and the magazine well has not been milled out, then right. the ATF wouldn't consider it a firearm. Well, now readily... As I understand, I could be wrong. Definitely let me know in comments. Readily now means a full eight hours of machining in a dedicated shop is the definition that they're using. Interesting. I can so, print the R15 lower in less than eight hours, starting from zero in the way of materials. Right. So how do you define it? I've never run. I've never run a CNC mill. It would probably take me 12 hours to start with you know a block of aluminum and turn it into a, a firearm a somewhat hopefully working firearm if right. i'm lucky sure so how does that play in like how can <laughs> you create you know what is supposed to be a guiding document it's supposed to be more robust than what we had before right add a huge gray zone to it and say like ah well you know if it's not readily convertible and by that i mean you know eight hours in a machine shop then then it's not a firearm. But if it takes you seven and a half hours to complete that, then it is a firearm. So, but, and here, here's my thing, uh, mm -hmm. working around a lot of machinists. Mm -hmm. 
machinists are not created equal. Mm. Some people can do shit in 45 minutes that it takes somebody else 16 hours. Yeah. So, so where is that? You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, it's equally ambiguous to the point where if you have a lawyer who has half a brain cell, yeah, they can defeat that in court. Oh, absolutely. Because but, it's all right there. But if you're lower income and you have to go to a public defender mm-hmm. who's not well versed in the finer points of firearms law, that point may never even be argued. Exactly. And they wouldn't know to argue it because they're a public defender and they're usually yeah. doing some assault. So they're then you're in jail. Yep. Exactly. For up to 10 years and a fine of $250,000. Because that's yeah, the answer. Yeah. Ah, that's what we're going to give you. 10 to 50. Enjoy. Yeah. Not to mention, then you get out, you're a felon, you can't own guns anymore. You can't vote. Can't a lot of jobs won't take you. And then you're stuck in their recidivism cycle. And your fucking life is ruined. So that's why this is dangerous. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, there's also some language in there that says that, you know, gunsmiths now have to record serial numbers or mark serial numbers on their privately made firearms if they're in their possession for over a day, which has kind of always been the way it is. Um, Right. So the way that FFLs work is if it's created or transferred to and from within one business day before, you know, close of business, then they don't have to record it on their books because if they did, their books would be insane. You know, Midas comes in and says, Hey, you know, my RMR is not sitting right. You know, I don't know if it wasn't milled right from the factory. Can you just take a look at it? They would have to log that in. Boom, boom, boom. 4473 it back to you. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense. So that's why that rule is in place. And then they just kind of like reinforce that with this, you know, quote unquote rule change, which in this case, it really wasn't. I think they're doing that for feel good and and optics, but I don't know. You, you know me, I'll get lost in this ATF stuff. So I don't, I don't want to keep harping on it too much. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a lot of good information and it pertains to a lot of our listeners because I would assume that the majority of our, our listeners are firearms owners and um, I think that's a safe assumption, especially those of the tactical variety um, as, as you should be. We're, yeah. we're great advocates of that. Um, however, there is a lot of other stuff going on in the world. And just to quickly touch on some stuff that I noticed. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, So in response to Ukraine, which we've covered in several other podcasts Mm -hmm. uh, in in pretty good detail, something I saw a couple weeks ago really captivated my attention. So Vladimir Putin decided to go ahead and uh, extend the conscription law in Russia by yeah. modifying a definition of what a Russian is. Yep. And and by doing so, he basically extended it to Russia's former satellite states. Hmm. Sorry, the Soviet Union's former satellite states, which is important to understand that 
you know, we're, we're talking about Putin here, former KGB officer held a number of bullshit political positions um, until he was, was actually the uh, anti-corruption, ironically, um, bureau. He was like their second, second in charge. Uh, which enabled him to assemble a network he needed to go ahead and, and take over the presidency of Russia uh, prior to him taking over the FSB. So there's no secret that he wants to restore Russia to the former grandeur of the Soviet Union at its peak. And this is the invasion of Ukraine is 100% an extension of that. And, and so is this law. So previously, Conscription of Russians pertain to those that were actually born within the borders of Russia, as it is on the map now. However, they made the deliberate change to expand that to um, basically former Russian territories under the form of allied Russian territories. And... Interestingly enough, that has disappeared from the news. Um, not really sure why that is, because immediately following that, I think they faced some big backlash, which caused Russia to go ahead and suspend its so-called partial mobilization or draft of its citizens. But it is a cautionary tale because... Russia, under Putin's leadership, just decided, for instance, we'll use Belarus as an example. Like, ah, you're allied with us. You used to be part of us. Well, guess what? Now you can get mobilized by Russia. I mean, it's the ultimate flex. It's it's literally kidnapping citizens of another sovereign nation, taking them and putting them into your military. By legal definition of, of our law. Right, you are holding them against their will by another nation, which, according to Geneva, I believe would classify them as POWs. They are being held against their will under a military power of another nation, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's that's that was their plan to go ahead and and plus up their forces that they've lost, and it's just it's wild. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense with the losses that are being reported and with, you know, an all-time uh, low of public support. I mean, from what it seems, I mean, there's only so much information that's actually getting out of Russia and getting to our ears and eyes. But from what I've seen, oh, yeah. as long as it's not propaganda, there's a lot of people that are pissed off, you know? Yeah, yeah, there, there really seems to be, um, there's a really good front line presentation on YouTube. Some really brave Russian citizens are actually standing up and putting their faces out there and interacting with Western journalists, which is currently illegal, by the way, in Russia. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting that they are that devout to the notion of just being able to tell their story. Um. Meanwhile, Brittany Griner, who was a WNBA player who is notorious for not 
standing for the national anthem, thinking that the United States was this just authoritarian regime hell bent on breaking her people um, is now been sent to a Russian work camp for being in possession of a vape that uh, happened to contain a marijuana cartridge, which sucks, right? It, it really does oh, it suck. Does. Um, but I it, think it it's... is political, you know, why they have her. I don't think that they necessarily do this to every U.S. citizen that gets caught with weed, but... No, no, I, I mean, I'm sure. I but know I... Our, our snowy brethren to the north don't take kindly to it, and, you know, even if you bring a chocolate bar over that might have some in it, they'll try and get you on uh, smuggling. And that's not so Canadian of them, but it's what they do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really um, disheartening because yeah. shit should not be illegal at all anywhere. But Absolutely. at the end of the day, uh, it is a little bit ironic. Yeah. So Very much. We've talked firearm accessories. We've talked definition of firearm. We've talked definition of Russian, <laughs> what that means. Um so How does this all bleed right. over into economics, Bruniel? Well, so that's that's a thing, right? And it and it kind of goes along with with firearms, um, with many things that we know of the physical world. You know, there are these great definitions, and there are great metrics, and we have so much data to go off of. We're such a data-driven society these days. And, and I think that's a good thing. You know, I think it allows us to track things that maybe we didn't see a correlation before, but we can at least see a correlation in the data and try and figure out causation after that. And that's great, right? It's yeah. you know, Data is really empowering. It is. Um, so one of the big things that's always talked about is like a country's GDP. Right. Right. And that's, it's a great metric. It shows how well the country is functioning on their own, how well they're functioning on a global scale. If they built trade partnerships, are they severing trade partnerships? What's, what's going on with their gross domestic product? Yeah. Um, And that kind of leads us into this new magical, not well-defined, very much fluid definition of the word recession. It does. And correct me if I'm wrong. But the definition that I know to be a recession is two quarters, right? That's all it is. It's two financial quarters that were, were negative. Yeah. Yeah. We had that. Right. Yeah. And it comes, comes down to, um, actually that's the definition from the Oxford languages, um, dictionary. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Two, two successive quarters. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, this is really risky because, I mean, it just comes down to people in power basically grading themselves. Yeah. Well, right. we saw that in 2008, right? There was a bunch of mortgage companies and companies that held mortgages that, uh, yeah. Went out to these credit rating agencies and they said, Hey, right. This has a whole bunch of eh, B level stuff in it, maybe even B minus stuff in it. But <laughs> we'd like you to rate this as triple A plus. This is USDA Prime. This is the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And they were doing it. 
these credit agencies were doing it. These rating agencies were doing it because if they didn't, they knew, well, what they like to say is they knew that they would go down the street and get the answer that they wanted. But in reality, all it was was propping up this whole sham that finally came tumbling down like dominoes. But now we're seeing our own president, our commander in chief saying, oh, well, you know, <laughs> no, we're not, in a, we're not in a recession. This is not a recession. Even though the economic definition has been met, right? Yep. We're not, allegedly, we're not in a recession, which means that, not that I like right. government control and not that I like government investigate, or I like government investigations. I just don't trust them to bring truth. Um, <laughs> yeah. But without declaring it a recession, there's a lot of things that can't take place. There's a right. lot of poking around that can't take place. There's a lot of spending that can take place because the, in their eyes, the recession uh, marker has not been met. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we saw that translate to the midterm elections, right? Absolutely. I, th I think that the, um, the Republican party took a stance on some social issues that America responded with saying, Hey, look, we're not really interested in that. Yeah. Um, which is a little bit ironic. I just want to touch on it a little bit, just taking a, a really objective step back and please take a deep breath with me and <laughs> separate yourself from your body and your beliefs and just kind of back up a little bit and think about what it means to say that America should be free and that it's my body, my choice. Mm-hmm. When it comes to vaccinations, which, by the way, we're gonna we're gonna get into that here in a little bit. <laughs> um, but then, in the same breath, go ahead and and limit other people's ability to dictate. Yeah, to dictate what's going on with their body, and I respect people's religious affiliation. I respect their views, but. All we're asking is, as a team, like, let's, you know, this team isn't here to fall into any pre-existing molds, right? We're doing things differently for a reason. Because I firmly believe that we as a society and a, a planet, we're on a collision course with our doom. And it sounds terrible and it sounds very tinfoil heady, but we're, we're heading there. You know, um, go ahead and check out Ancient Apocalypse on Netflix. Look at the work of Graham Hancock. Dig into that shit. I'm serious. It's, it's really interesting stuff, guys. Like, just take a step back. Take a deep breath. Realize that you can still believe in God and accept that we are now knowing more than we did before. And uh, you can still have that same relationship. Um while also protecting people's freedom. And, and that's, that's just what we would encourage as a team. And, yep. uh, you know, I, think I, know I just, I went down the rabbit hole. I did it. <laughs> I, I did what I told the team I wouldn't do. I think um, it's, you know, somewhat necessary. I think it is. I think it is. And, and even if you disagree and you want to close out the podcast right now and say, fuck those guys. Well, I respect your opinion to do so. Yeah, all the and power your freedom to, to do so. And that's the whole point. 
Yeah, exactly. And and preserving that ability is the whole point, right? Um, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So I think it's just wild to me, right? That you know all these conditions can be met, and a hard look needs to be taken onto our economy, where we stand as a global power, what we're doing to change um, the ways that we might be able to lower our current deficit um, to make sure that we're, you know, paying our debtors on time as a country and, and we're allocating the right resources. But for one political party or one individual to say, oh, no, 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 it's not a recession. It's just a transitory period of economic change. That is extremely dangerous, and we should all be worried about that because yeah. that means that every, well, it's not a war; it's just a conflict, it's just a police action in the Southeast Pacific. Yeah, it's not. Oh, wait a it's minute! Not an invasion, guys. That's that's been done before. Weird. Yeah. Fifty over fifty thousand Americans lost their lives doing something that wasn't that, even. It's not even a war. Not even a war, according yeah. to. You know, LBJ. Yeah. And I, so it's not a new thing that our country's doing, but I definitely think it's becoming more prevalent as of recent. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just not a good sign. I think that is a, a, a marker of decline. You know, if you, you know, you don't take good care of your body and, and joints start hurting in a way that they shouldn't and not for good reasons, then. Now, that's a sign of decline of your body. I think when the government starts changing definitions to meet their needs, that's a sign of a not-so-stable place. Yeah. No, 100%, man. And that that's such a great, great way of laying it out. Um, unfortunately, so so looking at the dime model here, um, we, we're kind of covering all of them. And... And I do want to get into a little bit more of this uh, government-specific model focused on definitions. Mm. And I'm going to use the word vaccine. So interestingly enough, guys, and once again, this is according to Oxford Dictionary, a vaccine is a substance used to stimulate the production of antibodies and provide immunity against one or several diseases. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it is. Be- interesting in that, to me. Because we sat here as Americans and, and we, we knowingly, I say we, not to include myself, um, or, or Bronil, um, <laughs> we as a, public and as a society allowed people to tell us that if we didn't inject ourselves with a vaccine that we could lose our jobs that that we could lose all the years that we had invested in service to this country with regard to military service and thousands of service members were chaptered out of the United States military because they said 
no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take the jab. And at the end of the day, we did so, we as a public did so full well understanding that it's not a fucking vaccine. Yeah. It is a shot that may or may not diminish mm. symptoms. Yep. And that's kind of what it's coming out to be now. And that's but it. The The definition thing is very interesting because if you look at like an archived version of Merriam-Webster, right? They had formally said that a vaccine is a preparation of killed microorganisms, living attenuated organisms, or fully living virulent organisms that is administered to produce or artificially increase immunity to a particular disease. And then again, folks, that changed to a preparation that is administered as in by injection to stimulate the body's immune response against a specific infectious agent or disease. And again, that's Merriam-Webster. So I'm, I'm comparing and contrasting the same yeah. source. Yeah, for sure. And I understand that delivery methods can change, right? Like the nasal shot, from what I understand that, kids used to get is basically no longer used for the flu it's just it, it's not as effective as as an intravenous yeah it's, muscular i know it's not venous but muscular or, or fat yeah i've had both shot. versions of the flu shot and by the way it's a it's a pretty legitimate vaccine so yeah oh, i've had it yeah right I, uh, a buddy that worked for one of the major flu shot manufacturers and he said it was it was a wild place to work because they never had any idea if it was going to work or not because they basically take a culture look at all these different strains and try and pick which ones are going to be the predominant strains that year that's a gamble it's, yeah it's a bit of a gamble but most of the time they're bang on and it's a super effective vaccine um, yeah and they're they're bang on because they've had so many decades of research yeah. behind them and yeah. and whether it's malicious or not the manufacturers of covid by the way pfizer is a top contributor of financial um backing to msnbc mm -hmm. so do with that as you will um they just they haven't had the time yeah they haven't and mrna was I think it was first tried in like 2015 or first patented in 2015. So mRNA, the delivery method has been around for a while. Sure. Uh, I've heard some horror stories about animal trials. Uh, I haven't heard many stories about human trials at all, but, um, you know, operating off the idea that they were doing this in their best interest and they were doing it to the, the end of the emergency use order as best they could. Um, giving them the benefit of the doubt for, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, if this all is the way it's reported, they did an amazing thing with, you know, limited resources, limited time. And, you know, that's, that's a testament to the, the American way of, of getting, getting through things and, and getting something out on the table. But in doing that, now the definition of vaccine has changed. Now, yeah. our personal level that we hold these, you know, uh, whether it be a media conglomerate or um, an elected official, we've eroded our, our strength in all of these systems. Because remember, at one point, we were told by a very prominent figure in the uh, United States government, I would say probably the most prominent, the president, that if you get this shot, you won't get sick. 
Right. Yeah, but it's almost like he's gotten sick. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and and we can we can tinfoil hat on this. We can say they were given saline shots. You know, you don't you don't understand. They had to be protected. They're not like us. Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's a bunch of wacky conspiracy theories out there. But sure. Um. And and I'm not I'm not honestly surprised that it's not working as well as they originally had said because it's a widely untested delivery system on right. a virus that we've known. I mean, we've known about coronaviruses for years. I mean, one third of all common colds are coronaviruses. Um, right. So in that sense, it was a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. Oh, that's the biggest thing is people were like, and, and this is funny. I, I kind of try and keep my finger on the pulse of the conspiracy theory community uh, to see what weird stuff they're drumming up. Yeah, like I mean, that. you're our designated I mean, tinfoil hat guy. So Exactly. And then Men in Black, you know, they, there's a scene where he pulls on this the stack of the tabloids, and he's like, "This is where the real news is." And uh, Will Smith's character is like, "What, you know, what are you talking about? Like, no, this is this is dribble." And he's like, "No, you got to look between the lines." And, and, mm-hmm. and he pulled out the any, anyways. Um, but it's I'm not. I'm not saying that this is, you know, some grand conspiracy to do X, Y, or Z, um, but it's. Uh, I don't know if they did what, what they could with what they got. Like I said, it's it's a, a basically experimental delivery system. It's a virus that we know little about um, in terms of vaccinating against. Um, it's yeah. Kind of, vaccinate against the common cold h1n1 yeah. i don't know if you remember that i think that was like of course we yeah sc- like school school that was 2008 maybe uh, the swine flu oh it's gonna get us all and the avian flu those were all well one of them was a coronavirus so it's like i don't know it was known about for a while but also not well studied in, in the way of vaccinating against it and mm-hmm. so that combined with a somewhat experimental delivery method i'm not surprised to see numbers being as low as they are in terms of you know actual immunity or or anything along those lines but doesn't doesn't meet meet the the claims that they put out there originally so right yeah and 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 moral of the story here is folks so we'll go ahead and wrap this up we're almost at the hour mark with you uh i know your time is valuable as well be really wary of folks changing definitions in order to one justify erroneous positions that they held two give themselves a better grade or three put people in prison that are not politically aligned with them That is a huge fucking problem. Even the term, looking back in history, concentration camp. If you're a child and you hear that, not knowing shit about World War II or what the Nazis did to the Jewish population in Europe, you hear concentration camp, you're like, oh, Maybe it's just like a camp where they teach you all these valuable mental lessons on how to like concentrate and retain information. Yep. That'll help me in school. If you're not there for the etymology of it, if you're not, yeah. Yeah. But guess fucking what? 
People got gas there. It's not a yeah. concentration camp. It's a fucking murder camp. Yeah. So why are we still calling it that? Because it, I'll tell you why. Because it desensitizes. Yeah. It, it, it takes it away. It takes the meaning away. Therefore, enabling it to happen again. And again, that's why I've always taken issues with people calling Trump a Nazi. He's not. Don't devalue the Jewish population. Don't don't devalue the strength that one individual held over Germany for a long period of time. Yeah. Calling someone who you don't agree with a Nazi. Not to mention... It's the same fucking rhetoric that Putin used in order to mm-hmm. justify his invasion of Ukraine. Yep. And people are still pat- spouting all about it on social media. Yeah. Still saying, that, oh, yeah, both sides are Nazis. We're like, holy fuck, man. They can't both be Nazis. That's not how Nazis yeah, work. It's not, that's not really what's going on here. Like, there's there's a scale here. There's, yeah, there's far right. There's far left. There's fascists. There's very Nazis. Nuanced. Yeah, there's communists. Right. Yeah. So, so just keep that in mind. Um, You know, and I I challenge you as our listeners at this point, if you guys are listening to this, you've probably hung in with us for a really long time, a couple of years now. And we, we really do love you for it. And thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your lives. that is so valuable and precious to to sit down with us and take a step back and critically think about what's going on around you. That's amazing. I mean, that's the same exact drive that I make abundantly apparent as one of our priorities for the team, for everybody on it. You have to think critically. That is like number one. I can teach you to shoot. Oh, yeah. We can right? do team movements. I can teach you how to key up a radio. Yeah, man. Fucking oh, Ranger Handbook. You. Send you on your way, right? Yep. Read that shit. Go on YouTube. Research it for a month. And guess what? You probably know tactics, at least to an extent, where you can go ahead and practice it, and we can refine you from there. But what I can't necessarily teach you is the ability to be aware and critically think. Thinking critically is, is a skill that is lost. Exactly. And people are honestly fearful to experiment with. And I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, man, anybody who is able to take a step back and actually think critically, it, it means that you're not a robot. And if you're not a robot, you can't be easily controlled. And that's kind of the issue. Right? So so right. think about without the perception of free speech, the perception of control is the only thing on your mind. Exactly. So so let's think about that as people are preaching digital currency. Oof. Look at what happened in Canada. Banking Act. Yeah. Yeah. Look at what happened in Canada with regards to Trudeau and how his administration or sorry, his regime decided to treat the truckers that decided to protest uh, the COVID restrictions. Oh, like, yeah. Look at what people's happened to bank those accounts people. were shut down. People were 
all sorts of doxed, you know? Can you imagine that? You know, you have a friend who does something for a living and then they stand up for something that they believe in, whether it's an injustice against them. Regardless of, of COVID, regardless of vaccines, regardless of anything, if you have a friend that is standing up against a perceived injustice that they perceive, you think that they're at least doing the right thing in their mind and you want to be able to financially support them because they're no longer working, and then boom, the government shuts off your bank account. No more mortgage payment. Yeah. No more groceries. No more gas. Meanwhile. Attributed to a friend of yours. Oof. Exactly. Meanwhile, the Chinese have rounded up Muslim minority of the Uyghurs. They put them in camps. They've been attempting to crush their entire fucking history, their entire culture, their language, to destroy it, to remove their religion from their DNA. And oh, by the way, that same organization, the Chinese government, the CCP, has police stations in the United States that the FBI just testified before Congress saying that, yes, they're aware of this. Are you, are you awake yet, people? Are your fucking eyes open? Well, if they are, you got to spread the word about this podcast. You, you have to. And I'm not even saying... You need to spend money on our merch shop. I'm not saying you got to get a Path Live podcast t-shirt, but if you do, that means people are going to see it and they're going to wonder about it and they're going to look it up. And when they look it up, they're going to open their eyes. They're going to find some serious free thinking, you know, when they start looking it up. Because that's the thing is once you start looking for, for folks like us, for independent news, for independent thinking, you're going to start seeing a lot of things that didn't make sense before, but they're starting to fall in line. Or maybe things that you didn't even notice that are now starting to fall in line and paint a bigger picture for you. So that's the thing is the preservation of free speech and free thought is the biggest, the biggest thing that we have. And everything after that is just there to secure it. You know, yeah. First Amendment's the first for a reason. The Second Amendment is there to protect it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And and unfortunately, uh, looking at our Instagram account, despite the podcast and all the support we've gotten from folks, our follower count hasn't changed in three years. So, on the topic of First Amendment, um, go ahead. Head over to Instagram, yeah, path underscore five. Give us a follow. Fight this ridiculous shit because we're not out here preaching violence. We're just preaching awareness, and that's it. And that shouldn't be. That shouldn't be a taboo thing. Yeah, it shouldn't should. be taboo. Crazy is absolutely crazy. It, it's not. It's not what I put the uniform on every day. For as long as I did, it's not why I traveled to places and did what I did for. Yeah, absolutely. That's not why any of us did. So go ahead and do what you can. Control your world within your own sphere. Yeah. And Don't get lost in it. No. I know it's easy to get lost in it and, and be a doomer yeah. and... 
things yeah. at the end of the year. You know, we all we need is awareness. That's it. We just need like-minded individuals to be having conversations, and and even if they're not like-minded, just having open and honest conversations that don't consistently end in arguments. Yeah, that's all. That's all that you need. It's a great point. That's a great point. You know, just because you know that something's going on doesn't mean it has to consume you either. Yeah. You can still enjoy life. You can still have normal conversations. You can still have normal hobbies and interests, right? It's not all about geopolitics and how you're getting fucked by the government. Yeah. Don't don't have the live UA map pushing notifications to your phone while you're well, your homies are overseas in certain regions of the world and you're tracking every single tweet that came out of that region. It's not healthy, you know? It ain't good. Yeah. Um, it's not good for your mental health. Yeah, you end up with a you know, a five foot view instead of a five thousand foot view. So just try and keep a little bit of perspective. Um, try and be good to those around you, whether they're your neighbors, whether they lean left, right, or center, or maybe there's no curve to them, you know, just just be good to people and hopefully they'll be good to you, you know? That's all we can it's do. It's the name of the game, golden rule. It is what it is. Absolutely. Thank you so much. For coming out, sitting down with us, and joining us, and listening to me and Bronil have a nice little conversation. Uh, once again, head over to our Instagram, hit up our, our campsite. I'll also put a link down below for our, our store. All proceeds directly support this podcast. Um, it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. <laughs> Keeping all this going. And uh, we've done so for three years now. We're on, we're on season three and we intend to do so into the near future and we're doing this for you guys. So, so we do appreciate your support and uh, thank you so much. And special thanks to Brony L for taking time out of your schedule to, to oh, sit down know. and Same have some you, real man. talk, man. That's it. Real talk. That's all we can do. Oh yeah. Be good till next time. <laughs>